0: For every cop that has ever taken advantage of somebody, beat them down or hurt him, wrong color, whatever they thought was the reason to do it, for every one of those fucking police, I'd like to take a pig out here in this parking lot and shoot him in their motherfucking face. Godzilla! Everybody comfortable? Where I get really scared, I get nervous erections. I have one right now. Don't look at it only make it worse. But sometimes I get angry. Yeah! So suck a dick. Oh, come on. You serious? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast, your source for everything, all elite wrestling. My name is Corey Atkinson, and thank you for joining us for another jam-packed edition of the show. On today's show, we pause to reflect on the death of Danny Havoc. We break down all the news coming out of last night's, I'm sorry, last week's AEW Dynamite, and we look ahead to tonight's AEW Dark. Before we get to that, let me pause to add some commentary on things that are sweeping the nation right now, namely the death of George Floyd. So um, if you came to this podcast first and foremost thinking that I would ever agree with an ignorant, hate-filled, limp-dick coward of a fascist president and a murderous, racist police force, then you're going to be terribly disappointed. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck the system. I live in Minneapolis. Well, I live in Minnesota. I live in St. Paul, which is right next to Minneapolis. We were called the Twin Cities for a reason. Right now, I'm finding myself so fucking angry and frustrated and lost, which are feelings that I recognize that a lot of you share. On one hand, I want to tell every one of you to march to the goddamn White House and burn that motherfucker to the ground. On the same hand, I'd love to see Trump finally get what's coming to him. Again, on that same hand, there's a part of me that knows that the only way to truly fix a broken system is to throw it away and start over. On the other hand, I know that violence isn't the answer. While I would love to see some radical movement, I know that it's not what's best for the country or the people that are living and residing within it. Instead, as a resident of St. Paul, Minnesota, which is a stone's throw away, my my actual condo, my apartment is a stone's throw away from where these protests are taking place. I'm urging you to be smart. Take care of your neighbors. Don't burn down your homes. Get your ass out and vote. Fell out your census these are the ways that we're going to make change in America right now, as killer Mike said. And if you're not familiar with killer Mike, he is a rapper in the group run the jewels and a a civil rights advocate and, and, um, one hell of a guy. He said that now is the time to plot, to plan, to strategize, to organize and to mobilize. It is not time to burn down your homes, talk to your friends, come up with solutions, we need to end the cycle of systemic racism. Couldn't say it better myself. Finally, I'm begging my home state of Minnesota to do their goddamn jobs and charge the three officers that stood by and helped murder George Floyd. Now is the time to be the change that you want to see in the world. Know that, that I, this podcast, the people in my life, uh, the people that I care to have in my life, people that will ever be on the this, this show know that black lives matter and know that this June is starting off really fucking weird. But I also want to recognize that June is pride month. So happy pride month. If you're looking to find a really cool way to celebrate pride um, within the wrestling community, I would, I would refer you over to tiger driver tiger driver is on Twitter. If you just search tiger driver, you'll find them. Um, they are doing some really cool stuff over there. Um, they can link you out to all the different things that they're doing and and the different ways that they're celebrating the LGBTQ community. Um, we'll look to do stuff on this podcast as well, but know right now that that's a great place to go until that, until we're able to do things like that. Now on to our next bit of news, which is. The sad and tragic announcement that Game Changer Wrestling made this morning that Danny Havoc, who originally was a regular for Combat Zone Wrestling, um, he's passed away at the age of 34 years old. Havoc's real name was Grant Berkland, and he was originally trained by Mike Quackenbush, DJ Hyde, and Chris Hero. He was born and raised just south of where I am in Iowa and wrestled in his family's barn with friends before attending combat zone wrestling tryouts. He began training and officially debuted in the ultra violent rumble in 2005 at combat zone wrestling's tournament of death. Havoc would remain a staple of combat zone wrestling for the bulk of his career. He won the tournament of death in 2008 and 2013. He also won the Tournament of Survival in 2006 and a number of other similar style tournaments. You know, he he very much was a deathmatch expert. During his time in Combat Zone Wrestling, Havoc held the promotion's tag team titles, the Junior Heavyweight Championship, and was a two-time winner of the Ultra Violent Underground Championship. Havoc announced in September 2017 that he had retired from the sport of professional wrestling after a loss to Alex Colin in Combat Zone Wrestling, citing numerous injuries from his in-ring style, which should be no surprise to anybody. The guy worked a crazy deathmatch style that will prematurely end your career. Havoc returned several years later, initially working a fundraiser event promoted by Matt Tremont's H2O promotion in New Jersey to raise money for wrestler G. Raver, who was injured working a death match. From that point on, Havoc worked primarily for GCW, or or Game Changer Wrestling, when he did wrestle. He made six appearances for Game Changer Wrestling over the last several years, including competing in Japan for Freedoms as a representative for GCW. During his career, Havoc appeared on Vice TV's The Wrestlers, as well as the now-defunct pop culture cable network G4, in both cases documenting his work as a deathmatch performer. As of this recording, there is no word on the circumstances of Havoc's passing. His wife, Brianne, passed away earlier this year at the age of 27. On behalf of the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast, our deepest condolences to... Danny Havoc's fans, his his family, and his friends. Let's move on to some AEW news. FTR, the former revival from WWE, have officially debuted on last week's edition of AEW Dynamite, where they are, are apparently continuing to build towards a program or a match against the Young Bucks. This is something that has been teased for years on social media and is looking to finally be a reality. The team already has an official AEW shirt that simply states, fuck the rest, you know, FTR. Tyson and I mean, Tyson and Jericho happened last week on Dynamite as well. As a nerd of combat sports and MMA, it was cool to see Belfort and Henry Cejudo and Sugar Rashad Evans, you know, all in there with Mike Tyson, mixing it up with the inner circle. That was awesome. If you didn't see it, I highly recommend checking it out. It was, you know, absolute chaos as as it should have been, as it should be. You know, Jericho, the the backstory here is back when Jericho was a tag team champion with The big show, I want to say back in about 2010 in WWE, Mike Tyson came out as I believe at the time he was one of the uh, special guest general managers of Monday Night Raw. And during the time, he looked like he was going to aid Jericho. And instead of aiding Jericho, he ended up being a turncoat and assisted D generation X, which at the time was Shawn Michaels and triple H, you know, nothing too major, but it's fun to see that there's history between Tyson and Jericho that they can play off. And now Tyson has a reason for being an AEW outside of just being the person presenting the TNT championship. And this gives Jericho something to do. That is going to 100% bring mainstream eyes onto the AEW product. So especially with people like Belfort and Cejudo and Evans being a part of of this angle, you know, if they're able to continue to have these guys show up in corner Austin or Austin to to corner Tyson, um, that would be awesome. If that's not able to happen, then at least, you know, you have this one image of Belfort and Cejudo and Evans and, and others just standing shoulder to shoulder with Tyson as they're getting ready to take on the inner circle. Very cool. Orange Cassidy was on a shot of Brandy. Um, if you missed it, Orange Cassidy was a delight. This is the first time that he really spoke in any kind of length on any kind of a platform, electronic platform. So think uh, YouTube, podcasts, things of that nature. He usually is very much in character and, and plays up the bit. On On this episode, he was <laughs> very playful and. At times mischievous, but I loved it. Um, likewise, Brandy was awesome as well. Both of them seemed drunkish. And right now, that's kind of what we need in the world right now. We all should be drunkish or just completely annihilated, piss your pants drunk. At this point in time, <laughs> I wouldn't blame anybody for doing either. Um, long story short, I too hope to someday have Brandy get me drunk. Randy, if you ever listen to this, which I'm sure you won't, but if you do, know that I want to be your best friend, and I want to get drunk with you, not in a creepy way. Moving on, <laughs> such a segue. Uh, John Moxley suffers a bruised tailbone. If you don't believe him, there's a picture to prove it. Um, you can see, uh, you can see his butt crack. You can't see his entire butthole, but you can see the crack. And as you're looking into The, the anal area, the, 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 the butt region of John Moxley, you can see what a bruised tailbone looks like, which just looks purple, mostly purple and painful (laughs) at this point. John Moxley isn't expected to miss any time. So what's going on with Cody Rhodes and his TNT championship? Cody noted on social media that this is an open challenge for potential AEW TNT championship challengers, and it is open to non-contracted talents, which certainly opens a scope for potential challengers, surprise challengers, people that um, really could come in and make, you know, a, a case for them to potentially be hired by AEW in the future. You know, for me, I'm thinking, you know, of of I, I hearken back to a time when Jeff Cobb came in and was like the mercenary or the assassin for the inner circle. Somebody like Jeff Cobb, somebody that is technically not under a, a contract could come in, challenge Cody, have one hell of a match. And if they wanted to get a job out of it, you know, David Starr, I don't think he would ever do it, but he's another person that jumps to mind of. They're available. Why not look at bringing them in, having a hell of a match? And, you know, maybe there's a way to do business. I don't know. Up next, we have a news update around the AEW action figures, the official promotional partners of the AEW action figures. When they are released this August will be Walmart and RingsideCollectibles.com. While I'm not the biggest fan of Walmart personally, because of my past as being a employee of their competitor you know, the one with the big red bullseye that I probably shouldn't mention by name. Um, You know, I've I've, kind of turned around a Walmart a little bit recently, but I still find them mostly problematic. On the other hand, ringside collectibles, not at all problematic for me. 100% go support them. Give them your business when it comes to these AEW action figures. If you remember when we talked about these a few months back, there is a special Chris Jericho, Les champion edition that I would highly recommend everybody get. Our next update is around Britt Baker. Sorry, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Britt Baker announced that she would return from her injuries at the September 5th, all out pay-per-view. And I'm not sure if anybody noticed, but there was somebody wheeling Britt Baker around If you're familiar with Impact Wrestling, then you recognized her as Rebel. She is a former wrestler for Impact Wrestling and was a former member of the Dollhouse Stable. So what was Rebel doing there? To put it plainly, she is an employee of AEW and is, I'm assuming, a friend of Britt Baker. In real life, not obviously on camera. On camera, more of a minion. But um, if you remember the, the dental office of Britt Baker when they were doing a tour and showing all the Britt Baker posters around, um, at the time rebel was there assisting Britt Baker and Britt was calling her Reba. She's calling rebel Reba. So I'm assuming that rebel is just now Reba, even though we all know her as rebel and that'll be kind of fun. It's kind of like Ralphus, but rebels a lot better looking than Ra- <sighs> Ralphis. I'm sorry. I don't know if you're alive or not anymore, but, Rebel is much, much more better looking than you. Uh, She got a very pretty face. Ralphus, good mustache, maybe, at best. So I guess that's all I got to say about that. You know, Rebel, happy to see you back on TV. Keep up the good work. And then finally, congratulations to Sunny Kiss and Dr. Luther. Both of them made their AEW Dynamite debuts in last week's Battle Royal to determine a number one contender to Cody's TNT Championship, it was very cool to see them get that opportunity to go out there and shine a little bit. As we record this on Tuesday, well, okay, we record this on Monday, but Tuesday sounds better because you're hearing this on Tuesday. But on Monday, um, they release a new episode of Being the Elite. So I thought I would take a look at it and do the good, the bad, the ugly of this week's BTE. If you haven't seen it, spoiler I don't know if it's spoilers, but I'm going to talk about it. So skip ahead two minutes or something like that. So the good, the best friends trying to come up with a sketch for BTE, working through the process. (laughs) It was really funny. Um, Probably not to the surprise of, of long term fans. You know, the comic timing of these guys is really great. They need to do more stuff like this on dynamite for the casual viewers so they can get more invested in these guys. They are so funny. And I know Jim Cornette disagrees, but you know, I live in a world where, um, I, I proudly proclaim fuck Jim Cornette. Um, funny equals money, man. If, if I'm enjoying myself, if they're enjoying themselves, if they're making me laugh, I'm going to buy their shit. I'm invested in watching these guys, these, these good guys, these heroes, Entertain me and have quippy lines, you know. <laughs> I want to see them win. I want to see him succeed. So, Jim Cornette is full of horrible advice and outdated wrestling tropes and all that other bullshit. So, don't listen to him. It was great. The bad private party continued their feud with pay, Hangman Page, Pussy Pants Page, Bones, and Mr. Bear. Uh, these are so fucking long and they don't go anywhere. And really aren't entertaining, at least for me. And, and maybe, admittedly, I don't get it. Like, are they spoofing something that I just don't know or that I'm not aware of? If they are, then, you know, maybe they're way better than I'm giving them credit for. But right now, without having that kind of context, they, they just aren't working. They're not landing for me, And they're not landing for a lot of people that I talk to. Private party is probably best kept to developmental. If they had a developmental system at AEW or, you know, just relegated to AEW dark since like we said, there isn't that developmental system, you know, unless you count the nightmare factory, which I'm told by Cody that we're not able to count because they are separate entities and AEW, AEW has nothing to do with the nightmare factory, which he repeats on pretty much every interview he's on anyway. The ugly for this episode of BTE is that gig job that Matt Jackson did on himself. That brother, he bled a gusher. That's probably a dozen or so stitches or staples for sure. Um, I I didn't see the exact cut, but I'm I'm sure it was probably right around uh, right along the hairline. It's usually where wrestlers get them. I'm not sure why that is a a consistent there, but. Yeah, lots of blood. Woohoo. hoo That was the <laughs> weakest fucking hoo-hoo ever. Whatever. We're, we're moving on. Moving on. And as we're moving on, we're going to preview tonight's AEW Dark. We've got Billy Gunn. Or Billy, I'm not sure what we call him anymore. He's taking on John Schuyler. Obviously, I'm very familiar with Billy Gunn. I have no real recollection of, of which job guy John Schuyler is. So I'm going to go ahead and put my money on Billy Gunn. Next up, we have the Natural Nightmares, which is QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. They'll have Brandy Rhodes in their corner taking on Brandon Cutler and the librarian, Peter Ravillon, who will be flanked by the other librarian, Leva Bates. If you've been following this on Being the Elite, then you know that this is continuing to play on the rivalry that Brandon Cutler has with Peter Ravillon about who's going to get their first win. Call it a hunch, but these guys are not going to win this match. They're not, it's not going to happen. Uh, I do believe that we'll see Allie or the Bunny or whatever we're calling her right now. She will come out and um, either distract QT. So I guess there's a, an outside chance that Cutler and, and Avalon could win. But more likely what's going to happen is QT, he's going to have to show off for Allie. And he will. He'll probably get the one with the cutter. And I imagine that this will drive a a little bit of a wedge between QT and Dustin and Brandy. We'll see. If it doesn't happen now on Dark, it'll certainly happen on Dynamite and different broadcasts going forward. And in the next match, we have Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful of the inner circle, taking on Big Game Leroy and EJ Lewis. Don't really know much about big game Leroy and EJ Lewis. I do know a lot about Santana and Ortiz, much much like my previous comments around Billy Gunn. Um, Santana and Ortiz are going to dominate this motherfucker and put these guys down with the street sweeper. Our next match is the Butcher and the Blade taking on John Cruz and Joe Alonzo. The Butcher and the Blade need a win here coming off of Dynamite. It was really good to see the Butcher and the Blade back, but unfortunately, I believe down the line here, they are going to be fodder for FTR before FTR gets the opportunity to take on the Young Bucks. And then finally, this is a late addition to AEW Dark. We've got Christy Jaynes taking on Kylan King. Why was it a late addition? Well, just Google Clutch Adams and AEW and you'll figure that out pretty quickly. That being said, I'd much rather watch Christy Janes versus Kylan King. So in that regard, this is good. Um, on the downside, I do feel bad for Sean Spears, who was set to take on Clutch Adams. It would, have been, it would have been great to see Sean Spears have the opportunity to go out and perform. I love watching Sean Spears's work, and it looked like Tully Blanchard is back. If you haven't watched it, actually, Tully Blanchard cuts a wonderful promo on Sean Spears. Um, I believe that can be found right now on the AEW Twitter, probably on their Instagram as well. Go check it out. It's actually really good. Tully has so much fire. <laughs> you know, he's he's hot. He's pissed. You know, they, they've they called off the, the search for Sean Spears' tag team partner because Sean Spears doesn't have his shit together and Tully is pissed. So right now, Tully just wants Sean Spears to... Be able to win a fucking match and that is kind of what spears has been charged with right now we'll see where this goes i'm actually very intrigued as again i really do enjoy the work of sean spears and tully blanchard as a goddamn legend let's go ahead and look to tomorrow's aew dynamite The following has been officially announced for next week's Dynamite episode, which includes the TNT champion Cody Rhodes taking on Jungle Boy in the first ever defense of the TNT championship. We have AEW tag team champions Kenny Omega and hangman Adam Page taking on Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. And then finally, we have Chris Jericho in action against Colt Cabana. Will Mike Tyson reappear? Will there be more drama between the baddest man on the planet and Le Champion? There's only one way to find out, and that is to tune in to AEW on TNT. That's all I got this week. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, feedback, friendly feedback, or not friendly feedback, I don't fucking care. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. You can reach out to us online anytime at PWElitist on Twitter and Instagram. You can get a hold of me directly at Corey A. Atkinson on Twitter and Instagram, or you can reach out to the podcast. We love email. Send us an email at PWElitist at gmail.com. On next week's episode, my nine-year-old nephew Landon and I will do our punishment, which will be us eating raw broccoli. Yes. It's going to be fucking awful. We were hoping to have that done this week for this episode, but with everything happening here in the Twin Cities area with the protests for George Floyd and most of our highways being shut down and curfews and yada, yada, yada. Um, Unfortunately, we just weren't able to make that happen, but we'll look to try to make that happen here next week. Until next week, my name is Corey Atkinson telling you to stay safe, take care, and get over. Sir, so we all have cats that we like to be playing with right now, okay? We're doing our very best. Later, dudes. S-U you in your A's. Don't wear a C in jail over your B's.